The kingdom of heaven has come near. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> I was stopped short recently by the photographs of Chris Jordan. Jordan, an artist, a photographer, focuses on the natural world, but does so by creating works of art from photographs of garbage. Our garbage, piles of it, left over from our mass consumption. His artwork is beautiful, sometimes funny, and deeply alarming as he records the effects of our way of life. He calls himself the paparazzo of garbage. But the photographs that pulled me up short were those of birds, albatrosses, a bird I've never seen in real life but only know through metaphor, through Coleridge's poem, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Jordan's photographs, though, are not of living birds, but of adolescents, dead from plastic. Jordan photographed their bodies decaying around bottle caps and shards of toothbrushes and mini cigarette lighters. These photographs are oddly beautiful, but heart-wrenching. A pile of colorful bits and bobs of plastic surrounded by the fluffy feathers of teenage albatrosses. This is happening on Midway Atoll, the string of islands midway between North America and Asia, deserted, gorgeous, part of the Hawaiian archipelago, location of a major World War II battle, and the place where hundreds of thousands of albatross pairs come each year to lay eggs and nurture their chicks, feeding them until their adolescence, ready to strike out on their own. The parents feed them by regurgitating their own food into the baby's mouths over months of development, but increasingly that food is plastic from the great Pacific garbage patch, which is about the size of Texas in the middle of the ocean and washes up 20 tons of debris each year at Midway Island. And the albatross parents mistake that colorful plastic for squid and for fish and innocently feed it to their babies. By the time they've developed the ability to regurgitate, the albatross teens have intestinal tracts filled with plastic and it turns out regurgitating is important. In order to take their first flight, the birds must purge themselves of all that's been left behind of their childhood so that they are light, ready for the long running start down the beach before they lift off into the air, into adulthood. And now a third of those birds cannot empty themselves of poisonous plastics. They heave and heave, but they can't unburden themselves and slowly they die decaying around red and green and blue bright bits of detritus, temporary in our use but permanent in their effect. 
Jordan is unflinching in these photographs and has spent months on the island, years producing a series of photographs and now a documentary called Albatross. For a while, Jordan fell into depression from looking at how his, how our lifestyle causes irreparable harm to a beautiful, inspiring creature. They have seven foot wingspans. Parents dedicated to their chicks for months, flights that last up to three years. A colony of 1.2 million on an uninhabited island. Nothing in this story makes one think that the kingdom of God is near. In the middle of the sea, this looks like nothing but destruction. But I suppose that the Sea of Galilee didn't seem exactly like the site of the kingdom of God either. We live in a world now where we know so much all the time about all that is wrong. Environmental devastation, hashtag me too. Racism wound into our national DNA that we seem unable or unwilling to unwind. A government sometimes more dysfunctional than helpful. From this 21st century vantage point, when it seems like all might be going to hell in a handbasket, we might look at those fishing on the Sea of Galilee and envy the simplicity, the stability of their lives. We might imagine that in such a peaceful, idyllic place when Jesus announces the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe in the good news. We might think it was easier to hear, to believe such a thing, simpler to follow Jesus then. But we'd be fooling ourselves. Life was no easier then than it is now. Perhaps it was a bit less complicated. Certainly there were fewer choices, less information coming in from so many places. People then would never have known about a tragedy happening half a world away. But that doesn't mean that hearing the kingdom of God has come near would have been any easier to swallow. Life was hard and short, requiring great labor. These simple fishers were already living under occupation yet again this time under the Romans seeking worldwide empire. And fishing, never an easy life, had been entirely taken over by that occupying government. Simon and Andrew, James and John probably weren't enjoying the freedom of running their own family business, eager to rush out into nature to catch their fish and sell them to support their families. No. Caesar owned every body of water, and all fishing was state-regulated for the elite. They needed fishing licenses back then, and most of their fish were exported, exported, leaving locals without a steady supply. 
And the Romans levied exorbitant taxes each time a fish was sold and catching, catching fish outside of this system was illegal. And need I even go into all the other ways in which life was nasty, brutish, and short? The lack of the plumbing and the medicines and universal education that we take for granted now. And yet, into this milieu, rife with injustice and economic anxiety, filled with all the usual human worries and grief, right there, Jesus announces the kingdom of God has come near. Follow me. Right into our milieu, rife with injustice and economic anxiety and environmental devastation filled with our usual worries and griefs, right here Jesus announces the kingdom of God has come near. Follow me. The kingdom of God has come near. Follow me. It wasn't easy to hear or believe during the dark times those fishermen lived in. It's no easier today. But what if I told you? What if I told you that the word translated come near is also the word used to describe the moment just before the sun breaks above the horizon? What if, instead of thinking that Jesus' announcement is the end of the story, the kingdom is here, no more worries, what if instead of that we heard instead the kingdom of God is drawing near? I know it's dark now, but keep your eyes on the horizon. Look for that glimmer of light, that thin light of brightness that promises a new day, that darkness is not all that there is. In his first attempt at his documentary about the albatross on Midway, Jordan created something dark, focused only on the very real, devastating portrait of how our consumption, our thoughtless pursuit of more and easier is causing destruction and death all around the world, harming the least of these among us. His friend watched it at the Toronto Film Festival and called it despair porn. So Jordan recut the movie, but then it was too light, offering easy answers, offering only hope. In this last version, Jordan is trying to create a movie that holds it all in tension, the truth of our actions, despair at the death of all those beautiful birds and what that says about the state of our world, but also the power and beauty of those over a million albatross with seven foot wingspans wheeling above the ocean, the amazing sight of 200,000 new birds, two thirds of those hatched, running along the beach and taking off in flight. Death and hope. 
destruction and beauty. As Jordan says, if we can hold that paradox, that's where the transformation happens. That's when the key turns in the lock. What's on the other side of the door, he says, is still hopeful mystery. We live in a world that too often feels dark, is dark, but that dark is pierced by the light on the horizon. Jesus promises that the kingdom has come near, is coming near. There is good news and it is ours for the taking, for the sharing, if we will but follow. It's not a promise that the dark will disappear, that evil will be vanquished, but it is a promise to be with us, to be light for us in the dark. In this dark time, at any dark time, we have a choice. Stare only at the dark, sink into the mire of the awful that we humans do to one another, certain that things will only go from bad to worse, but there is nothing, that there is nothing but the dark, that nothing we do matters. Or we can look to the horizon. We can see birds wheeling overhead we can see what's worth saving, what's worth fighting for. And then we can look to the sun who promises us that even now the kingdom is near and he invites us to follow. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.